Well, hello, you guys. How are you? This is a super special episode. Um, you can probably already see we've got some changes going on on the show. Um, we are going to talk all about that, the what and the why behind the changes. And we'll get right into it. I I was have been really quiet for the last, I don't know, month, month and a half. I think the last episode I released was the first week in January, maybe, right after I got back from New York for Christmas. And I just felt this overwhelming need to stop listening to things and stop talking and stop saying words. Um, I went pretty dark on social media, I stopped, which was really hard, by the way. Um, we'll talk about that. I stopped listening to all my favorite podcasts, the kind of podcasts where it was, you know, people teaching me things. I still listen to story podcasts, but I just, I wanted to not have anyone else in my ear because I really wanted to hear my own voice again. I felt like I sort of lost it, lost my voice. Um, I wanted to understand what was true for me now because I, like, I've been doing the show for, I don't know, four or five months. I launched in September and you guys, I'm not the same person who started the show. I've been evolving over these past several months in large part because of the show, because of what I'm able to learn through sharing all of this stuff with you and the feedback that I get from you. And look, I believe wholeheartedly in all the work we did, but I'm at a turning point and I want to expand and talk about more things and bigger things and deeper things and talk into who I'm becoming. And I, I probably could have done it, right, with the Courageous, Successful, and Happy title and brand and artwork and all of that. But guess what? Since it's my show, I get to do whatever I want. Um, I just wasn't feeling it anymore. It was great work, um, but we are going in another direction. And, and I know that some people, once you listen to the first couple episodes, maybe there might be some people that will unsubscribe because that's not the direction they want to go. And and look, you get to do whatever you want too. That's the great thing about this life is that we all have supreme agency and sovereignty in what we do and how we show up. So if that's, th if that's the case for you, that's perfectly awesome. But I hope um, for the people that it does res resonate with, um, you stick with me because things are about to open up. So let's talk about what's going to be the same. We are still going to talk about personal growth. We're absolutely still going to talk about emotional intelligence, spiritual, spiritual growth, professional growth, um, because that's central to the conversations, the kind of conversations that I want to have. We're absolutely going to talk about my immersive theater um, adventures and experiences. Um, but let's talk about what's different. We are going to talk about, I'm going to start sharing with you guys my open road travel adventures and, and really what I learn about myself, what I learned about the world, what I learned about what's possible in the world, and what I learned about the glorious people all over this world. And I, you know, I travel a ton for um, the Growth Lab show, um, but I've been doing more travel personally for personal adventure, and that's what this episode is going to dive into. So stay tuned. we got some cool stuff coming up. We're also going to get deeper into what's possible when we slow down and allow what happens 
when we release resistance to our own growth, to our own wellness, when we stop trying to rush all the freaking things, when we stop trying to force everything to happen, right? This is, has been my big lesson over this last year. So what, what opens up when I stop trying to force things? Like it is freaking magic. Um, when I sit back and allow, um, you know, huge things happen. And, and it's hard to do. It's hard to learn. So we're, we're really going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about the interviews that I'm planning. And this is super exciting with immersive experience creators and actors. Um, we're going to, I'm going to talk to uh, artists and people out there who are making an impact in the world through the kind of deep work that's important and the kind of deep work that we talk about on the show. So I'm super excited about the addition, sprinkling in some um, really cool interviews with amazing creative um, and very deep people doing important work in the world. So let's talk about my road trip in January. Right after I got back from New York, I felt the itch to get back out on the road. I, I you know, was home for a week, and while that was great and fantastic, um, I needed to get back out there. There was something else I had to learn and experience, and I went to Marfa, Texas. Now, I don't know if you've heard of Marfa, but how I got introduced to Marfa was through uh, an Amazon Prime show back in 2017, I think it came out, called I Love Dick. And it is this really cool, it's like a, to me, it's this feminist manifesto with like really cool overtones and undertones about female lust and desire and how society and culture shies away from it um, and doesn't understand it and doesn't want to deal with it. And one woman's journey um, to share her flat out desire for this, this man called Dick. And it, the show is set in Marfa, Texas. And I just felt, I, as I watched it, and I've watched the show several times, and I fell in love with the idea of the town. I fell in love with the people. I fell in love with the art. I fell in love with the landscape. Um, and it's been in the back of my mind to go. And it's about five and a half hours from Dallas where I live. And I decided, I don't know, it was like on a Wednesday, I'm going to go to Marfa. I booked an Airbnb and I left Friday. That was how quick it came to be. And what the first thing I realized was that it was like seven and a half hour drive and I kind of like driving long distance. I didn't, I didn't know that about myself because I felt myself as I got farther away from, you know, the Dallas, um, where I live, I, I kind of felt like I was settling into myself, if that makes any sense. And it's a, guys, it's a straight road with like nothing going on and everything going on. And you know, six and a half hours later, about an hour before you get into the Marfa um, proper, town proper, which is really small, the landscape starts to change dramatically. And I got in just before six o'clock. The sun was setting. I was still an hour from Marfa, but there were these incredible purple, huge mountains and this orange and pink sky bursting with 
color and texture. And I felt this change in myself at a cellular level. I felt myself easing into some kind of new space with incredible wonder about what I was seeing and what I was experiencing. And if you don't know anything about the landscape of Morpha or where it is, it's way, 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 way West Texas. It um, sits in, I think, Presidio County, and it sits right in the, it sits in the Chihuahuan Desert. And every time I read that, and like saying it out loud, it's very funny to me. I don't know why, the Chihuahuan Desert. Um, but the Chihuahuan Desert takes up a, all, like a lot of West Texas, and it goes like into the Rio Grande Valley, into New Mexico, um, south, um, southeastern, I think, Arizona, and um, this kind of the central portions of the Mexican Plateau. And the town, it's, I think it's like 40 miles from the Mexican border. And like I said, it's really small. It's like 1.6 square miles. And I think the population is a little over 2,000. So you guys, it's really small. But what put Marfa on the map is super interesting. It was about, I think it was 1971. Let me check my notes here. Um, before, before 1971, it was like this really sparse desert town with not a whole lot going on. Um, and that's when an artist named Donald Judd, he was a minim- minimalist artist. He lived in New York City and he got sick and tired of the New York City art scene in the early 70s, whatever that was, right? You can imagine. And he decided to go to a, a big, expansive place where he could create huge sculptures and art in a place where not a lot of people were. So if people wanted to see it or see his work, they had to come there. And fast forward, you know, through the 70s and 80s, more and more artists, it, was, it became like this mecca for um for truly contemporary and big art. Uh, And it grew into this very important, central, like to the world art hub that Marfa is today. And like famous people go there, like for like a fun vacation and really well-known artists go there. But you guys, it is not um, luxurious. So there are, there are beautiful art galleries. I mean, gorgeous art galleries, but they're like right next to regular, like a yoga studio for the town or the post office. And you can imagine it's like this really small desert town. Um, it's, it's, it doesn't have a ton of money. So the juxtaposition of grand scale art, expensive art, some luxurious, like they have really cool restaurants, but not a lot of them, right? Because it's a super small town. So I just felt like the the positioning of regular regular life next to this really cool um, idea of incredible art and galleries um, and experience is just, it's very, very rich and delicious to me. Um, and... I want to talk, tell you about two really cool experiences that I had. So I stayed in this really, really small B&B, Airbnb. Um, it was like one room, like a bed, the kitchenette, you know, the whole shebang on this super dirt road, like, you know, out of town, um, which I loved. And I woke up super early, like you guys know I do. It was like 4.30 and I wanted to get some really good coffee. And there was coffee in my Airbnb, but I wanted to, you know, go experience like a local 
And online there was this um, coffee shop called Do Your Thing Coffee Shop. And it said it opened at eight. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'll go there. I'll have some, you know, a nice little Americano and some, it said they had toast, you know, so I'm, I'm cool with that. But do you think coffee shop, it's, it wasn't like industrial chic, like done to be industrial. It's straight up industrial, like as in like plywood walls, exposed, exposed wooden beam ceilings, mismatched chairs and tables. And the thing I love, I walked in like just as they were opening, it was free, freaking freezing cold. And it was cold in Morph at that time. I think it was like, it was in the 30s that morning. And the heat source for the whole place is like this open flame stove in the middle of the seating area, which was, I thought was incredible because, you know, in big cities, it'd be like, oh, you can't have that. It'd be dangerous. People might stick their hands in it. Like, you know, how, how people and municipalities think. And I thought it was so cool that, like, that's how they got heat. Like, and it's totally fine and it totally worked and it warmed up the place, like, in the hour and a half that I was there. And so I got my Americano. I got, you know, toast with butter and local honey, which was delicious. And I just sat there and read a little and wrote a little and I watched the people um, as they came in. There were some tourists like me, not a lot though, a few, like, less than five. Mostly it was artists and work people kind of either going to their studios or going to fix something or maybe going to work on a ranch or or you know just going to make something happen um and it was really cool to just to sit there and kind of absorb the people of Marfa and I was transfixed I was I started falling in love and after the town sort of woke up um, and it's a super quirky little town. Like in the at, in the Airbnb, I got like a guide of all the galleries and all the stores and the gro- little grocery store and shops and whatnot. And, you know, it would say, you know, open 10 to 4, sometimes on Tuesdays, sometimes not. Like p- these stores, like they're sometimes they're open and when they're supposed to be open and sometimes they're not and they operate totally on what they call Marfa time, which I love and I'm sort of adopting in my life. Kind of love it. So I was walking around the town, um, again, with these incredible art galleries, contemporary art museums nestled alongside regular local stores and everything coexisting in this really wonderful way. Uh, after lunch, I stumbled upon, um, I guess coffee was a central theme to my trip because it was another coffee shop. But what was really cool, you guys, it was... Um, the location was in the... The Big Ben Sentinel is the local paper for the town but it's also like they have this glorious I don't know it's like a part like a coffee shop slash bar slash eatery with tons of like really cozy seating some um comfy couches and like long tables and people were gathered there and you know I could tell it was locals because just the way they were greeting each other and talking and some were playing cards or Um, board games which I thought was so cool and in the back of it they had this really big community space I guess like for meetings and community events and things like that but I got I got this sense of just belonging there like they were welcoming me even though I was you know this city slicker from you know Dallas you know originally from New York um I felt more at home there than I felt at home any place in a really long time so I love you, the Sentinel. You have an awesome place. Um, 
really, really welcoming and warm. And after that, I went back to my Airbnb and decided to walk along the dirt road from where I was staying toward the mountains. You know, you know when something like buildings or mountains, they look so close, but they're really, really far away. Um, that's what it felt like. Like, oh, I could totally walk to these mountains, but no, I just knew I couldn't. Um, and you guys, the desert in the winter is absolutely stunning. The sky was so blue. I don't even know a name for it. I don't even want to venture to describe it. It was the most incredible blue I've ever seen. The cactuses were kind of just standing there like, yep, we're cactuses. We're not going anywhere. Like they were fine, right? And the the brush, like the grass, I can't really call it grass because it's the desert, but the brush was still, you know, winter. So it was like brownish and some parts green, but some parts brown and all the colors mixed together. It felt like to me, you guys, homecoming, even though I've never been there before. Homecoming, I don't know, to myself and to a town that felt like home to me. And so I want to invite you to think about something this week. I want you to think about all the different people and sources and places you're seeking out that you're listening to and reading and keeping up with and you're trying to get knowledge about what you should do or, or who you should be or where you should go. So often we think we don't have the answer or we think we don't have the right answer. We couldn't possibly know what's the right thing for our own damn selves, right? So we outsource, we outsource our own alignment and we substitute experts' opinions And I'm not saying don't listen to other people, but we want to borrow from other people. We want to borrow their experience. We want to borrow what's right for them. We want to borrow their truth, their confidence, their alignment, or their, you know, five steps to get whatever you want in life programs. You guys know what I'm talking about. Where are you looking for your own voice and truth outside yourself? And what would happen if you tried just for a little bit to stop listening to everyone else on all the sites and all the platforms and all the podcasts and spent time listening to you. It's a scary thought, I know. But I want to invite you to the possibility that you have your own answers. And I can't wait for you to get quiet and figure out what they are. Thank you so, so much for spending time with me today. I'm Tracy Oswald, and this is Life Immersed.